Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Why don't we just open our Bibles to Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 4, Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. It's all because of the grace of God, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You know, God has raised us up. He has saved us. And, uh, you know, it's so throughout all eternity, he can show how much of a God of love he is. Think about that. God created you so he can demonstrate his love on you. So he can demonstrate his love in you and demonstrate his love to you. For by grace, verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, grace is God's part. Faith is your part. His grace saved you and your faith receives that grace. We're not robots. We have a free will. And so he's given us the opportunity, the invitation to come and receive of this abundant grace, this exceedingly great love, this incredible kindness that he has towards us. It's by faith that we receive these things. So grace is God's part. Faith is our part. And you have to have both. It's not just a one-sided thing. It's very important for us to understand God's love for us, his mercy, his grace, his goodness. Because by understanding that, that's how we're able to have faith to receive it. But we do have to receive it. You can neglect the grace of God. We don't want to neglect, we want to receive of this abundant grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Not, this isn't something you earned, lest anyone should boast. You can't brag about it. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God's got this incredible plan for our lives. But that doesn't mean it's automatically going to come to pass. It doesn't mean automatically we're going to walk out that plan. God's got a wonderful plan for your life. And he's prepared it. He prepared it before you were even created. That's what he's basically saying here. He says in verse 10 again, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. You know, before you ever were. 
he's prepared good works for you that you should walk in them. Now, not everybody's walking in what God has prepared for them to walk in. But what God has prepared for us, my, 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 hold your place there and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2 and in verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, that's that word prepared again, prepared for those who love him. Woo, hallelujah. Look at it again, verse 10 of Ephesians 2. We are his work which were created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared. Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, the good works, God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in. For those who love him. For those who love him. Well, what do you mean for those who love him? In other words, those who respond to him who believe in his grace, have received of his love. And listen, if you've really received the grace of God, if you've really received the love of God, then you love him. To know him is to love him. To know, I mean, when you understand what he's done for you, how much he has loved you, when you really think about the cross and all that he did for you, where he took you from, how he has raised you up, and where he's taking you, you love him. Yes. You love him. Faith loves him. Yes. Faith loves God. Faith loves God because it believes God. It believes in the grace of God. It believes what God has done. And so as we grow in faith, we grow in our love for him. And so here he has prepared things for us, and you can just... Hear the way it's being spoken in 1 Corinthians 2. I has not seen it nor ear heard. I mean, this is big. This is huge. This is amazing. But then he goes on in verse 10 and says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So God has deep things in his heart prepared for you and I. He's got some deep stuff. And we'll never know about it unless we draw near to him and walk in the spirit. His spirit reveals these things to us. God wants to continuously be unraveling to you his incredible plan for your life. The things he has prepared for you. Now, of course, to walk in the plan of God... We need the Spirit of God. He reveals these things to us, but He reveals them to us primarily through the written Word of God. Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will 
of God. So we got to renew our mind. How do we do that? With the word of God. We get in the word. The word changes our thinking. When we get in the word, we should be looking for our, our thought life to be being changed. So that it more lines up with his way of thinking. I want to think like him. I want to think in line with God, who is life, who has great plans for my life, who wants to reveal his kindness in my life, who wants to demonstrate his goodness in my life. Man, I want to line up with that. I want to come in line with that. And so uh, by getting in the word of God with the help of the Holy Spirit, he renews our mind. He, remo- he, he changes our thinking. So that now we're thinking more like him, thinking more in line with him. You know, the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Got to be in agreement if you're going to walk together. God's got to get us in agreement with him. He's got to get our thinking in agreement with his thinking. Too many times we take sides against God. A lot of folks don't even realize it, but they're taking sides against God. You know, and we, whenever... We get over into unbelief about something. Well, we're over here believing our five physical senses more than what God says. Then we're taking sides against God. Well, we don't take, we don't take sides against God, you know. God says you're healed. You say you're sick. You just took sides against God. Right? God says, you know, this. You say that. And it's the opposite of what he's saying. You're taking sides against him, see. Well, we don't want to take sides again. We want to come in line with God's thinking. We want to flow with the Spirit of God, flow with that perfect will of God for our life. I want the perfect will of God for my life. Amen? Because that's going to be the most blessed life. That's going to be the most fulfilling life. That's going to be the most joyful life. That's going to be the happiest life. Is, Is the life that God has prepared for you and I to live. That's going to be the most fulfilling life. Even if you're in a country where there's terrible persecution against Christians. Happy we know, Paul the Apostle faced terrible persecution. Terrible persecution in his life. But you know what he said? He said he counted all that he went through joy. And he talks about how he has run his race. At the end of his life, he said he has run his race with joy. Hallelujah. Have joy right in the middle of tribulation. Have joy right in the middle of all this trouble. Well, how can you have joy in the middle of all this trouble? Because you're walking in the perfect will of God. You're walking in the Holy Spirit. You're full of the life of God. God is there with you. It don't matter if they take you, beat you, throw you in prison at midnight. Praise God. You can lift your voice and begin to praise God if you know that you're in the perfect will of God in that prison, in that persecution, in that physical suffering. You know, man, I'm in the perfect will of God. It's nothing like knowing you're in the perfect will of God. I mean, it is such, there is such security in it. There is such confidence in it. And that gives you such joy when you know, man, God is with me. God is with me. Praise God. God's right here with me. And, uh, you know, if God's happy with me, I'm happy. 
Now, if you're not sure, you say, I don't, man, I don't know if I'm pleasing God. I don't know if I'm going, uh, I don't know if this is according to his plan. I don't know. Maybe these things are going wrong because I've angered God. Maybe, maybe God's mad at me and that's why everything's falling apart in my life. You know, maybe, 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 and all this doubt and unbelief causes the person to become very, very unstable. And that's a very difficult place to live. If you're unstable concerning the plan and purpose of God for your life, then you're going to be unstable emotionally. You're going to be unstable mentally and emotionally. And so what does that mean? That means you're going to be up and down and you're going to be bounced around. And, and that is not a fun place to be. It's not, not a fun place to be when you're being bounced all over the place emotionally. But oh, thank God, we can know the perfect will of God. We can know the plan of God. We can know that even when things are going wrong, we're right. We're right. And there's a confidence in that. There's a boldness in knowing you're right in the midst of things going wrong. And that's that confidence we call faith. Faith in God. Hallelujah. Faith in God. So we're saved by grace through faith. Through faith. Faith is a key component to being saved. Yes, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. God has poured out His grace. He is rich in mercy. He's poured that out. He's pouring this out upon our lives. But if you don't receive it by faith, you go without it. You go without it. So it's, it's imperative that you and I see these things, believe these things, embrace these things with our heart and walk in these things. Walk in these things by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're not going by how it seems, how it looks, how it feels. We're going by what we know to be true in the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the contemporary English Bible says it this way for Ephesians 2.8. It says, you are saved by God's grace because of your faith. You are saved by God's grace because of your faith. So without faith, you're not saved. So we can't just emphasize grace, God's part. We, we've got to bring our part in there. It's, it's an important part. How many people know there's no need to fix God's part? God's, God's part is perfect. His grace is perfect. It's our part, the faith part, that needs work. It needs constant building up. It needs constant strengthening. Our faith needs to be constantly being fed, constantly being strengthened, so that it's constantly growing. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified or declared righteous, is another way of saying justified, declared righteous, by faith. Having been justified by what? Faith. This doesn't even mention the grace of God here. It says you're justified by faith. And because of that, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the world you might have tribulation. But you can be of good cheer. Hallelujah. In, in Jesus, you can have peace. You can be of good cheer and have peace in him. Even though in the world, there's trouble. There's trouble. God wants us to live in this place of peace. And friend, it is the place of 
faith. Now, what exactly is faith? Well, for that, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. I believe we need to get into studying faith. How many people know all there is to know about faith? No, 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 no. We need to get in here and keep learning, right? Keep feeding our faith by learning about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, I want to read this from the Amplified Bible. I like the way the Amplified says it. Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation, of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. I like that, for hoped for. Divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So you can't, you're not experiencing it physically, but yet, faith counts it as fact, sees it as fact, as this is the way it is, even though it don't look that way, even though it don't feel that way. Your five physical senses say something contrary. Yet faith says, no, it comprehends it as fact. It comprehends it as fact. That cannot be experienced by the physical senses. And I want to add a word to that, yet. Can't be experienced yet, but it is to be experienced. It doesn't stay in a place where it's not experienced. What you're believing God for, your faith manifests and brings from the unseen realm into this realm, into the seen realm, into the five physical sense realm. It's outside this realm in the spirit, but faith brings it into this natural realm. That's what faith does. And so faith is the assurance, the title deed. You say, what is a title deed? A title deed is a legal document providing evidence of a right, especially to ownership of property. So you got this document that says, this is your right. This is your privilege. This is your property. This, this belongs to you. Well, God, in his word, has guaranteed many things to you and I. They're, they've been guaranteed. God's promises are guarantees of what he has for you, what he's made available to you, what he will do for you. And it's all good. It's all good stuff. He's guaranteed all these great things to us, all these blessings to us. And... Uh, your faith is your documentation on the inside, in your spirit that says, that's mine. I own that. I take ownership of that. That belongs to me. You know, let's use, well, let's use our salvation, right? Being born again. So a person believes on the Lord Jesus. They hear of the grace of God. They receive that grace. They take ownership of it by faith. They believe it. They receive it. They got it. They got the documentation on the inside in the vault of their heart. 
They got the documentation and it says, that's mine. That's mine. No, 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 no. That car belongs to him over there. That car don't belong to you. Prove it. No, no, I, I saw him driving it. He drives it all the time. It's his car. It's not your car. Here, let me show you something. And you take out the paperwork. You take out the documentation. And you say, whose name do you see on that? That's my name. It don't matter who's been driving it. I own it. Amen. It's mine Amen. right now. Amen. See what I'm saying? We own it. It belongs to faith has that kind of assurance, has that kind of confidence. It's got the paperwork to prove it. It doesn't matter what anybody says about it. I mean, if somebody comes up to you, you know, let's say you own a house, and knock on your door, and say, you need to get out of here. I'm going to give you 30 days to get out of this, to vacate this house. Huh? What are you talking about? Get, this is my house. Get out of this house. This is not your house. This is my house. Get out of this house. If it's your house, and you got the documentation to prove it, they can't kick you out of that house. Well, I'm taking you to court. Next thing you know, you have to appear in court. But how, how concerned are you going to be showing up at court when you're walking in there with the paperwork? Showing this is your house. You got the documentation. How concerned are you going to be? You're going to stand before that judge and just wait for him to call you. I mean, you almost can hardly wait. You know, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't even be, have to go through this right now. This is ridiculous. Can we get this over? You're not going to be going, oh, I hope they don't take my house away. It really looks like they're going to take my house away. You're not going to do that. Would you be doing that? If you got the documentation, you're go, oh, I'm so scared they're going to take my house away. You're going to say, this is absolutely absurd. Sickness is absolutely absurd. It has absolutely no place in my body. That is absurd that sickness would try to touch my body. That any kind of evil would befall me. That any kind of wicked thing would be able to overtake me. Cause me to be overcome. That is, that is absolutely ridiculous. Sometimes when a sickness, an infirmity, or a, I should say a symptom <clears throat> of sickness uh, tries to adhere itself to my body, I mean... I just shake it off thinking, this is ridiculous. Don't waste my time. I know healing belongs to me. Come on, somebody. Healing belongs to me. Well, I don't know about that speaking in tongues. I don't know. It's too late, man. I own it. I mean, it's my property. I mean, it isn't like I'm just telling you something I read in a Bible. No, 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 no. I read it in the Bible and I received it and I own it now. It belongs to me. I got it. Yeah. You can't take it away from me. You can't talk me out of it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think Muhammad's a very nice guy too in Buddha. I don't know. I think Jesus is just another, you know, another great prophet and that there's many ways to God. That's well, too late for that. I'm too far gone for that. Uh, you know, I, I, I own this. I own this salvation. This belongs to me. No, no, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I've already got my name written in heaven. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, just counting the days now. I know where I'm going when I die. Yeah. I got the documentation. I got the paperwork. I know I'm on my way to heaven. Yeah. Boy, that's good news right there, isn't it? I know where I'm going. Praise God. No, it's not just because 
I've been around it. It's not just because I've heard of it. It's not just because I've read it. No, no, no. I've got the title deed to it. I've got that kind of assurance. I got that kind of confidence on the inside of me. See, that's faith. Faith has that kind of confidence in whatever promise it is believing. Faith is knowing you possess what God guaranteed you, even though you aren't physically experiencing it yet. But faith, faith knows. I, I, I've, I've taken possession of it. It's mine. I've taken possession of it. It's mine. You know, we were building our house we put some money down, signed some paperwork, and uh, they went to building the house, you know. They were out there constructing that house, and uh, I wasn't in the house yet. In fact, there were times I went over there to look at it, and it was an absolute mess. I mean, there was just wood everywhere. I mean, there was just, it was in a shambles. You know, it was under construction. It was under construction. But you see, I didn't just look at it and go, what a mess. What a mess. I just don't know if this is ever going to work out. I don't know if we're ever going to be able to live in this house. Who can live in this house? My God. I mean, there's puddles on the floor. I mean, there's no roof over our heads. How in the world? Look at this place. It is, no, no. We looked at it and went, it's under construction. See, we know. We've signed the paperwork. It belongs to us. We'll be living in this house. You know, now you, know, you get so excited, you get a new house being built, you get excited, you know, you start, you just, you, you spend time just thinking about what that basement's going to look like, you know, finished, and what's this going to look like, and, and what you're going to be, and I'm going to get some furniture here, I'm gonna, you know, now it's just exciting thinking about it, while the thing's an absolute mess, and you're not in it, but yet in your heart, you're already there. Hallelujah. You're already there. See, God, the Holy Spirit, shows us things to come. Eye is not seen, nor ear heard, nor is it into the heart of it. But he's revealed these things to us by his spirit. Man, he reveals these things to us. He shows us the wonderful plans he has for us. You know, he doesn't show us too much. I've, I've learned that. God never shows me too much, you know. He just, a lot of times it shows me what I need to know for now. You know, just what I need to be in faith about now. He doesn't show me the whole thing because I think it would be overwhelming. I, matter of fact, I, I, I know it would be overwhelming if God showed us the whole thing. It just might be, it might be an overload to our system because it's, you know, it's such an awesome plan that God has for us. So he just shows us a little at a time as our faith is able to handle it. As our faith grows and we're able to handle it more, he shows us more and more and more of his plan. But as he reveals these things to us, faith comes. Faith comes and we believe it and we receive it. We take hold of it and it's ours. It'd be ridiculous to let some thief come along and talk you out of what's yours, what you got the paperwork for. It'd be ridiculous to let somebody come along and talk you out of it. Yet it happens all the time. People get, people get talked out of the blessings of God all the time. Christians get talked out of the promises of God all the time. But faith is the conviction. In other words, it's being convinced that what God promised is a reality in your life, although everything else seems to say the opposite. Yet to you, it's a reality. It's as good as done. You see it as good as done. 
And there's no doubting, no doubt about it whatsoever. And that's a big key thing about faith. Faith has no doubt. Notice here in Mark, the 11th chapter, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, said to his disciples, and what he says to them, he says to you and I, have faith in God. That's what Jesus said. Have faith in God. And then he goes on and says this. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. What a powerful promise. Jesus is talking about faith here. He said, if you had faith in your heart to be able to speak to something, even this mountain over here, and if you didn't doubt in your heart, didn't have any doubt in your heart, but with full assurance, with total confidence, you could stand before that mountain over there and say, be removed and be cast into the sea. If you had no doubt in your heart, but you really believed that those things you say will come to pass, that mountain's got to obey you. It's got to obey you. You'll have what you say. That mountain has got to go. You say, well, why aren't you out there moving mountains? And why aren't you doing that? Why literal mountains? Well, because I don't have faith to move a literal mountain. I don't have faith in God for that. I don't see that as a part of God's plan for my life right now. Now, if the day came where I needed to move a mountain, then praise God, be lifted up and be cast into the sea. But if I don't see that in my heart, if I don't see that in my heart, if that's something the Spirit of God hasn't revealed to me as something that I'm to do, then if it's not in my heart, then I don't have faith to do it. See, people, people think they could just take things off the top of their head and say, I'm in faith. And they start speaking to things and start doing stuff. And they're reckless. They're just out there doing things recklessly in the flesh. And it's not really an assurance they have in their heart. They're not confident in their spirit. They don't have that title deed, deed in their heart concerning that thing. And I've watched people do this. I've watched people, you know, just really do some ridiculous things. I've watched people that, you know, they don't even use their faith for a headache. And by the way, you don't have to have a headache. Headaches are ridiculous. Healing belongs to you. You shouldn't have a headache. But then you see people, they don't use faith. They don't use faith for a headache. They don't use any faith when it comes to their finances. And yet here they're not using faith for a headache, but they're going to go out and raise somebody from the dead. And don't do that. They'll stand over somebody, yell at him, and raise him from the... He ain't getting up. Nobody's listening to you. They're not going to get up. Your, your faith is not there. Your faith is not there. You haven't developed your faith. You're not functioning out of faith. You're just in the flesh. You're out of your emotions. <gasps> we're not going to let this happen. No, Charlie, we're not going to let Charlie go. Be quiet. 
I've had, I've had that happen. You know, where, speaking of Charlie, we actually had someone, his name was Charlie. <laughs> Years ago, Charlie really came to this church. Him and his son came to this church. Charlie was a sweetie. I mean, he's just a sweet guy. Charlie, Charlie had a lot of struggles in life. And, you know, his, he, he, was, he was spiritually weak, you know. He was, he was just hanging in there. Thank God he was saved, you know. And so, but anyway, Charlie got cancer. And, you know, the doctor said, you know, they, they, they couldn't help him, you know. Well, as soon as I heard that, I knew where Charlie was at. And I just, I knew where we were at with Charlie. And I knew that, you know, Charlie's going to heaven. Charlie's going to be going to heaven here. And so I knew to get into faith, you know, concerning Charlie going to heaven, talk to him about going to heaven, get him ready for heaven. Well, when other people heard about that, they said, oh, no, we're not going to have that. And they're ready to go in there and just, you know, we're going to keep Charlie from going to heaven. I said, listen, you're not going to be able to keep Charlie from going to heaven. Because I knew Charlie. I knew Charlie's faith. I knew where he'd been. I knew where he was spiritually. You know, you've got to take into people's spiritual condition before you just run into their life and tell them how it's going to be in their life. You know, when it has to do with other people, you have to take their spiritual condition into account. You can't just go in there and force your faith on them. Well, we're not going to let that happen. Well, it's not about you. It's about them. See, where are they at? And that's where the prayer of agreement comes in over in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. He said, if any two of you agree on earth concerning anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. So when it comes to other people, you got to find out, locate where their faith is at. Where are they at spiritually and get in agreement with them. And when you're in agreement with them, of course, you can always try to bring their faith up higher. But if their faith won't come up any higher, then just agree with them where they're at. And let's receive whatever kind of blessing they can receive on that level, on that level of faith. And they might not be able to receive the full enchilada. They might not be able to get the whole loaded thing, you know, with the fr refried beans and the whole thing, you know, the rice and all that comes with the enchilada. They might not be able to get that. Did I lose you on that one? <laughs> That's just to test your focus. En enchiladas, refried beans, what are you talking about? <laughs> and now you know you weren't here, but I'm glad you're back. You might, you, know, you might not be able to get the whole thing, you know. You might just be able to get a little, a little taco. You know what I'm saying? It's just like people's appetites, right? People have a different appetite, right? You can't, you can't go over to a kid and say, I'm going to give the kid my enchilada. Especially if it's from Cheesecake Factory. That is, have you ever had a Cheesecake Factory enchilada? Or a burrito? Oh, my goodness. Don't ever do it. It... it it's wonderful going down. It feels awful afterwards. <laughs> it's like, roll out the barrel. We'll have a barrel. I mean, just, I mean, the thing's a monster. It's ridiculous. Carbo, carbo, carbohydrate city, you know. But anyway. So you got this, you got this, you know, burrito. And you're going to go ahead and give the burrito to Agnes over here. You know, Agnes ain't, you know, she ain't going to eat the whole thing. Agnes, she can just take a few bites of it. You're overwhelming, Agnes. See, a lot of times you overwhelm people. This is just like food. They, they can't, spiritually, they can't handle that. They can't swallow that. They can't, they can't, 
They can't do it. And you're pushing them. Find it where they are. Let's receive whatever size blessing they can get. Praise God. I mean, if it's just a happy meal, bless God. Let's get them happy. With Charlie, it was time just to get him happy for heaven. Just get him happy and ready for heaven. Praise God. So I told everybody, no, we're getting them ready for heaven. That's what we're doing. We're not talking healing to them. We're not going to talk healing to them. We're going to talk heaven. So people understood it. They got in line. And then one day, his, his son told me, he said, I walked in the room to see my dad. This is right before his dad left. His dad was in the hospital. And his dad was sitting up on his bed with his Bible open. His son walked in and he said, I'm going to see Jesus real soon. He was just fired up to see Jesus. Hey, that's not a bad thing, folks. Seeing Jesus isn't a bad thing. That's not defeat. That's victory. Praise God. Thank God he had that. But then, of course, you know, we can grow our faith to the place where we don't tolerate sickness, we don't tolerate disease, and we're going to finish everything God has called us here to do. And we're not going to be, our lives are not going to be cut short. We're going to finish what God's called us to do. You, know? you got people that don't, they just work, they work, they work. They never use their faith concerning finances. They're not in faith about God meeting their needs and all these things. They're just working, working. It's all about the flesh, flesh, where they fight and get in strife about money. Where are you spending all the money? And they whine about money and they're all, they get depressed over money and they get on and on and on, money, money, money. And then they turn around and they say, I'm believing God for $2 million. It's like, really? Can we start with $10? Can we start with, you know what I'm saying? Let's, you know, let's, see what I'm saying? People, people, it's all in the flesh. They're not following that conviction. They're not being led by the Spirit of God. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. Be led by Him. He reveals to us the wonderful things that are in His heart for us. He reveals the wonderful plans of God for our life. So you see, it's a walking with him. He's called the spirit of faith. And so we want to walk in the spirit of faith. We want to be led by the spirit of faith. We're in fellowship with the spirit of faith. And with him, there's no doubting. No doubting. We have no doubt in our hearts about this whatsoever. We know this is God's will for us. We believe it. And we're not going to let anything talk us out of it. And so again, he says, <clears throat> if you say... Well, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And again, believe without doubting. You receive them and you will have it. So we're, we're, we come in there and we're asking and we are believing with a strong inner conviction. It's not just an emotional thing. It's a strong inner conviction. James 1 verse 6 says, But let him, who, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. You know, you're only as good as your faith is. You're only as good as your faith is in life. If, you're, if, you're, if your faith's no good, you're no good. If your faith's weak, you're weak. If you're over here and you're not asking in faith, the Bible says that 
you're like a wave of the sea. You're tossed and you're being driven. You're being tossed and driven by the wind. And it goes on to say, let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So you see, faith that doubts really isn't faith at all. And it causes you to be a double-minded, unstable individual. But faith that does not doubt makes you a very stable person. And it affects your whole life. That's why you're only as good as your faith is. You're really only as good as your faith is. It makes you a very, very steady, very stable person. Not a double-minded person. Not tossed around. Not moved by every little thing that happens. You know, your feelings get hurt. If feelings get hurt, they said this to me. If feelings get hurt, you're unstable. You're double-minded. Right? You're being pushed around. That's not where God wants us to be. He wants us to be steady. He wants us to be rock solid, immovable, totally confident, totally persuaded, no doubting. But you see, if you're doubting and you're double-minded, then um, again, the just shall live by faith. So, so, or the righteous, we could say, the righteous shall live by faith. So if you're not living by faith, it's going to be hard to walk right. It's going to be hard to walk righteously. That's why Jesus said more than one time uh, over in Matthew 17, 17, he said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Talking about a man that was having, who was demon possessed and the disciples couldn't cast the demon out. He said, oh, faithless and perverse. Notice he puts the two together. Faithless and perverse he puts together. What's the, what's, the, what's the perversity problem? What is really at the root of perversity? Faithlessness. Faithlessness. Not having faith in God. Not having faith in God. Well, that's good news. Because if anybody is struggling with perversity with struggling with unrighteousness, with struggling with unclean things, all they need to do is build their faith up. That's what fixes the problem. It's not, I'm going to try harder next time. I'm going to try to be a better person. I'm going to quit this. I'm not going to do that anymore. No, no, that's, that's not the answer. The answer is to build your faith. The answer is to build your faith up so that you're not pushed around by those things anymore. That you have total confidence in God that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, I am a righteous man. I am a righteous man. I am a holy man of God. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been declared righteous in the sight of God. I am righteous. And as you believe that you're righteous, you'll walk in that righteousness. It becomes very easy to live for righteousness when you believe you're righteous. But if you believe you're an old sinner and you're trying to live righteous, have fun. If you believe you're an old sinner, how in the world are you going to live a righteous life? No, you're going to live an old sinful life. That's what you're going to do. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of folks that call themselves Christians are. But no, the Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And notice over in Romans chapter 1, it says in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's a faith statement right there. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not, why, aren't I, why aren't you ashamed of the gospel? Because you have faith, it's the power of God. Why are so many Christians ashamed of the gospel that they can't share it with people? Why is it so difficult for so many Christians to share the gospel with people? They don't have faith that it's the power of God. They don't have faith that it's in the power of God. But when you have faith that it's the power of God, then you'll be unashamed of it just like he was unashamed of it. And he goes on, he says, For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. So the righteousness of God is revealed, how? From faith to faith. Faith. So as we grow in our faith, faith, first of all, that Jesus died for me, Jesus took my sins, Jesus rose from the dead for me, Jesus is my salvation, He is my answer, and I receive that salvation right now. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. Hallelujah. That's that first baby step of faith. First baby step of faith. And then with that faith, now Jesus is the Lord of my life. Man, I'm going to seek him. I'm going to seek him in the word. We get in the word of God. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And we get in the word of God and faith is coming to us. Faith is so, so in faith, we see faith. We get more faith. And what are we getting faith in? The righteousness of God. What he did for us, man. <sighs> He who knew no sin became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. I don't sin. I don't fool around, man, with demons and devils and unclean things. Man, I'm the righteousness of God. Praise God. You understand? I'm born again. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I mean, I'm a part of God's family. You understand? I ain't some old sinner. Some, I ain't some heathen. Do I look like a devil? Devil comes with some kind of temptation. That's what you need to say to him. You say, now, wait a second, devil. You're the devil. I'm not. He comes with his thoughts. Hey, you're the devil. I'm not the devil. I'm the righteous. See, some folks are confused. They're double-minded. They're confused about this. See, they're not settled in the righteousness of God. And so the devil comes along and says something dirty to them. And they go, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah." And then they struggle. 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 That's being double-minded. That's not knowing who you are. That's not knowing who you are. Man, get to know who you are. It'd be absolutely, you got the title deed, man. I own this. I'm the righteousness of God. And when you believe that, when you really see that with the eyes of your spirit, when you got that in your heart, living for righteousness is easy. The only reason why you act like a dirty dog is because you still think you're a dirty dog, but then you turn around and say you're a Christian, but then you think you're a dirty dog. You're a double-minded person. You're unstable. How do we fix this? Strengthen your faith. It's a faith failure or a failure to believe. That's all it is. How do you fix all these problems? 
By working on your faith. How do you do that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Come back to the Bible. Come back to the book, the faith book. You know, this is called the Word of Faith. Yeah, this is called the Word of Faith. Praise God. Listen, every failure you have, every moral failure or any other kind of failure you're experiencing in life, confusion, double-mindedness, that instability, moodiness, that's an unstable person. You never know what you're going to get. In the morning, they're one way. The afternoon, they're this way. In the evening, they're another way. It's like, dear Lord, you don't know what in the world you're getting. You're looking at me like you know somebody like that. <laughs> I hope it's not the guy in the mirror. You know, just, just, just up and down. It just depends on what kind of day you're having. And that's what you're going to be according to your day. Do you want to be according to your day? Or do you want to be according to the Word of God? According to His plan, His marvelous plan for your life. See, then we got we to gotta get over the place. So you got to recognize, this is, a, this, is a, this is a failure to believe. And there's only one way to fix it. The Word. Get over in the Word of God and find out Scripture that deals with that situation that you're struggling with. And get over there and look at that Scripture. If it's a moral failure, I'm the righteousness of God. Uh, you know, maybe you've got a temper. Maybe you've got a very bad temper. Well, praise God. Go over the Word of God. Find out about anger. What does the Bible say about anger? What does the Bible say about outbursts of wrath? What does the Bible say about these things? Get over there and read that in the Word. Meditate on that. And there were things like that that I had to do when I first got saved. Man, I'm so glad I got the Holy Spirit. He led me to do that. Nobody even taught me. It. Well, the Holy Spirit taught me it. So grateful for that. And, 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 you know, he would just, I'd get up in the morning and I'd open up the word. You know, I, sometimes, you know, back in those days, you know, I came to the Lord Jesus having been thoroughly trained in Bruce Lee. You know, you watch enough karate movies, you know, you, you can you could sometimes get full of, you know, to the point where... Somebody cuts you off in the car. Hey, you stop that. I'm going to get you. <laughs> you ever watch those? You ever watch those, those? Those movies made in China and, and then they have to change it to English. You ever, you, anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You, it's, it's a karate movie and then they, it was done in China. And so, but then they had to translate it over into English and, and the voices are just so bad. Just so, hey. What are you doing? I'll beat your head in. <laughs> no, stop that. You can't come in here. I know it very well. <laughs> then they'd flip. They'd flip like two stories backwards. Anyway. But, you know, sometimes, you know, back in those days, somebody would cut me off in their car, so I'd go, hey, uh, pull over. <laughs> you know, just get... i chase people, you know, that, what am I doing? I'm a, I'm a Christian, dear Lord. God forgive me. I'd repent, you know. I'd go in there and repent. And, and then I'd open up my Bible. And I'd look for scriptures that dealt with that kind of stuff. And I'd read those scriptures. I'd confess it. Talk to the Lord about it. Sometimes I was doing it every day. 
Because every day it was either Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee or somebody was coming out of me. There was a manifestation of something that was coming out of me. And I'd get back in the Word of God, you know. Praise God. And it just cleansed my whole system of it. My faith came up. My faith came up so that that didn't dominate me anymore. I mean, I finally got the word in me strong enough that I wasn't moved anymore. Now when people cut me off, man, I go after them. In the name of Jesus, I claim that heathen is my inheritance. Lord, I thank you. Send angels into his path. Send laborers into his path that he knows the gospel. He started, started claiming them for heaven. Amen. See, it's, it's a different story now. So, so, but you get yourself anchored and rooted in the Word of God, and it changes everything. It stabilizes you. It makes you very stable, a very stable person. So you're not being bounced around anymore. Being bounced around is not normal. It's not normal. And when something's not normal, you've got to say, this isn't normal, and you've got to get it fixed. Don't sit there and just put up, well, that's life. That's just how I am. It's my personality. You wake me up this early in the morning, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> Don't talk to me. I haven't had my coffee. That's not normal. You better listen to me, church. That is not normal for a Christian. That is a double-minded person, unstable in all their ways. Knock it off. Get that fixed. Run to the repair shop immediately. Don't keep driving around in that mess. Go to the repair shop, open up your Bible, get an oil change for crying out loud. Get some spark plugs changed. I'll lay my hands on you if it helps. And it'll help, trust me. We'll give you a jump start. I'll change out your battery. Can you, you hear what I'm saying? I'm telling you, you, gotta get, you, you don't just keep driving around like that. You don't keep doing that. Let's get these things changed because we want to walk in that perfect will of God and it's going to require faith. Faith that's of the heart. Not just some kind of fleshy thing. We've got to take this, we've got to take God's promises seriously. It is our life. We live by faith. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand on our feet. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.